Did you know that over 60,000 new tracks are uploaded to Spotify every single day? That's a new track every 1.4 seconds, and that's just on one platform. With so much music now available, it's more important than ever to stand out from the crowd. So it's not surprising that more artists are starting to use less conventional sonic textures in their music, like field recordings. Perhaps you've always wanted to infuse the sounds of nature or your favourite city into your own tracks, but not having the right gear or knowledge might have held you back. Well, if that's the case, you're going to love the brand new guide I just created, teaching you how to start field recording with just a smartphone. And it's all yours for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel. Yep, you really do just need a humble smartphone and some minimal extra gear that doesn't have to break the bank to get started with field recording. And I've laid it all out in this handy five-point checklist. So download it for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel and elevate your music to the next level. Hey, Knob Twiddlers. I'm thrilled to share that season three of the Girls Twiddling Knobs podcast is sponsored by the lovely folks at Isotope. Now, Isotope design award-winning audio plugins, and I'm actually using some of the fabulous tools inside their RX9 software to get my voice sounding crystal clear inside today's episode. And when you use the code GIRLSPOD10, you'll get 10% off any plugin purchase on their site, excluding subscriptions and a whole free month of their amazing Music Production Suite Pro instead of the standard seven-day trial. Just go to isotope.com forward slash girlspod to find out more. If all of these artists had told themselves they didn't have the right gear, we wouldn't have their music and they wouldn't have built the careers they have today. So if you've been tripping yourself up over the I need all the right equipment before I'm allowed to record my music myth, give yourself permission to show up with just enough gear and please, please, dear listener, get out of your own way. Hello and welcome to Girls Twiddling Knobs. My name's Isabel and over the last decade, my self-produced and self-released music has amassed over 25 million Spotify streams. I also have a PhD in sonic arts, but I wasn't always this confident with music tech. In fact, I still hear those self-doubt gremlins in my head from time to time. I started this podcast to help more female-identifying musicians start recording and producing their music and learn from other women making music with technology. If that's your cup of tea, then you're in the right place, my friend. Let's dive in. Well, hello there, knob twiddlers, and welcome back to another episode of Girls Twiddling Knobs. The podcast where breaking out in a sweat over music technology is a thing of the past, much like it is for Prince Andrew. Or does he sweat again now? I really can't remember. I'm still buzzing off the fact that we're in a brand new season of the podcast. There's some real corkers coming up over the next few weeks, and today's episode is no different. That's because today I'm addressing a myth I see so many musicians get tripped up by, and it's this that you need all the right and usually expensive gear to be able to make professional, release-worthy music from home. And in truth, I've heard this far more frequently from my female students over the years, and it's got nothing to do with women not being in the know enough. It's much more to do with a sense of feeling judged, 
before they've even begun, precisely because of their gender, which then leads to agonising over everything being 100% right. But the problem is that as well as this being just far too much pressure on ourselves, there are so many very accessible and affordable tools at our fingertips these days that mean we can get started with not very much at all. Don't believe me? Well, inside this episode, I'm going to be sharing three artists who prove my point and will help you reframe your thinking if you've been tripped up by this myth. I'm also going to be revealing what you do need to focus on instead. And hint, it's very affordable and you likely have what you need lying around your house right now. And lastly, for a quick win, I'm sharing a hack to get your recording sounding pro every single time. Okay, let's dive in. So first up, let's really put this all the right gear myth to bed by looking at some killer artists who have released properly successful music with a minimal setup. Now, I've already spoken about Grimes's minimal setup on this podcast before in episode 11, which is all about how to start recording your music for under £100. And if you haven't listened to this episode already, I've linked to it in the show notes, so go and check that out. But I've referenced Grimes in that episode because she was really one of the first female bedroom producers to gain wide coverage in the press regarding her stripped back recording setup, back when she made both her 2012 album Visions and then 2015 album Art Angels. In a 2015 interview with Stereo Gum, Grimes shares how she decided to create her own studio space at home because she found the pressure of paying $200 an hour for studio time wasn't conducive to her being able to play around with musical ideas organically. She describes her home studio setup as being a computer and an Apogee Duet USB interface, which doubles with whatever mic I'm using at the time. Sample packs are important, I've been building my own and getting good drum sounds that I love, and I also usually use a synthesizer or a guitar. Now, you could even use a MIDI keyboard to play those synth and guitar parts, and you'd have similar capabilities at your fingertips with just a £100 investment. So definitely listen to episode 11 for a list of the essentials that you would need to do that. And even though Grimes shares that Art Angels was recorded on Ableton even further back than this when she was making Visions, which saw her sign to a major label and break through as an artist, she was simply using GarageBand, which is 100% free. Perhaps one of the reasons Grimes didn't feel like she needed all the right gear first before recording and releasing music was because of her outlook on making art in general. In an interview with Loud and Quiet about the making of Visions, she says, With art, I have no preconceptions of how it should be made. I've no muscle memory that's been drilled into me, so it's a totally free universe of exploration, a constant discovery, and I love the feeling of figuring things out. I definitely think this helped her just start producing herself, regardless of her gear or experience levels. A slightly more recent example of a female bedroom producer rocking it with her music is Girl in Red. 23-year-old Marie Alvin first started experimenting with recording back in 2017 and found the intimacy of this domestic space to be a haven for her creativity. She describes in a 2019 interview with Spotify how I'll write down whatever because nobody's going to see this. Nobody's going to hear this. I can just work in my own space and be in control. I definitely think this is one of the best things about creating music from home. Even though I'm not knocking, collaborating or going into a studio, 
but sometimes it's just freeing to be able to experiment with things you'd usually censor or amend for others. And not only has this led to Marie releasing singles, EPs and a full album in 2021, she's also racked up hundreds of millions of streams across her music too. But all this has started with a very minimal setup. Marie details this as an Apogee Jam interface with just one USB to guitar jack input so I can play directly into my Mac. Then I had this Blue Yeti microphone that I had gotten for my birthday from my dad and Apple earbuds. I had a 13-inch MacBook, 2013 model, and that had GarageBand. I made I Wanna Be Your Girlfriend, Say Anything, and Summer Depression on this setup. All of these tracks have hundreds of millions of Spotify streams across them, by the way, and while that's not the most important thing, they do sound good too. I hope it's another piece of evidence to dispel that pesky must-have-expensive-studio-gear-to-record-my-music myth. In fact, over the last five years or so, there's a whole genre, or perhaps a better term is generation, of musicians who have been labelled bedroom pop. This is perhaps an extension of the term bedroom producer, which often correlates to a predictable beat-driven genre. But bedroom pop seems to encapsulate genres that would have been more studio-based in previous eras, such as shoegazing guitar tracks or ukulele-soaked songs. The musicians featured in online blogs and articles under this term are usually incredibly young, like 19-year-old musician Claro or 21-year-old Muxtoon Acker Mayer. In a 2017 interview, artist Muxtoon described her home recording setup and its minimalism, saying, The only software I've used is GarageBand. People are usually surprised by that, but it fits my needs as a musician, so it works great. I also record on a Blue Yeti, which is a Bluetooth microphone, and use a pop filter, so that really helps the audio quality when I'm making tracks. Once again, Mixtoon's tracks have had millions of Spotify streams and have a wonderfully raw and an intimate feel that can only really be captured in the intimacy that a home recording space can lend. Hopefully... All three of these artists have shown just how much you can do from home without needing to invest thousands of hard-earned pounds and valuable grey matter amassing a professional standard studio. If all of these artists had told themselves they didn't have the right gear, we wouldn't have their music and they wouldn't have built the careers they have today. So if you've been tripping yourself up over the I need all the right equipment before I'm allowed to record my music myth, Give yourself permission to show up with just enough gear and please, please, dear listener, get out of your own way. But at the beginning of this episode, I did promise I'd share what you do need to get professional sounding recordings at home. I also promised you it would be affordable and that you'd likely have everything you need already in your house. And I wasn't lying. So are you ready to hear all, dear listener? Here we go. You definitely do need even if you're just using a Yeti mic with GarageBand, to sound treat your home recording spaces, acoustics. And if you're wondering what that is or entails, let's break it down. So acoustic treatment is the process of using materials to alter how sound behaves in space. You'll likely have seen this in a recording studio in the form of treatment on the walls and ceilings, but you may also have seen acoustic treatment in a cinema or even in a fancy gaming environment. And while you can definitely spend a lot of time and money treating your space as acoustics, there are also some great principles we'll cover in just a minute to get some great results in your own home recording space. 
In fact, any time or money you spend on acoustic treatment will make the very cheapest mic sound better. And it's a much better first investment than lots of fancy gear that might not sound that great anyway because your bedroom's dodgy acoustics are letting the side down. Luckily for you, dear listener, I have a free three-step guide to treating your recording space, which you can grab right now from femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel. That's femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel. And I definitely recommend downloading this if you haven't done so already. But let's just explore some of the core principles of sound treatment here now. So first, let's just think about how sound moves. Sound travels in pressure waves through the air and reflects into the space when it meets a hard surface. This reflected sound has the potential to change the tonal quality of the original sound, and so it is important to acoustically treat your recording space in order to get the best recordings possible. I get into lots of detail about how sound moves in space in the three-step guide, but this hopefully just sets up the principle here for you now, dear listener. So if, dear listener, your recordings are sounding a bit kind of roomy, like they've been made in a bedroom and you can hear those reflections, you definitely need to be looking at sound treatment. There's a few different methods that people can use to get a sense of how sound behaves in a specific space. In my three-step guide, I take you through how to test for flutter echoes using a simple clap and your listening skills. But I also love the mirror trick, where you position your speakers and or your sound source in your recording space, and then you run a mirror along your walls. Where the mirror reflects your speakers or your sound source, this is where you need to treat for reflections. For more information on this technique, take a look at the link in this episode's show notes. There's also now online tools and apps you can download to help you analyse the acoustics of your space. Many of these are made by companies that sell acoustic treatment and I have no problem with them creating something useful that happens to point you in the direction of their products. But there is one called Room EQ Wizard, which is a free piece of software for room acoustic measurement, loudspeaker measurement and audio device measurement. And you can download this to both Mac and PC. You'll find it linked in the show notes with this episode. And once you have a sense of where you're getting reflections, how disruptive they might be, and their sonic quality by using one or more of these techniques, you can move on to actually treating your space. And there are two main types of acoustic treatment, sound absorption and sound diffusion. Sound absorption traps sound waves and allows for the direct sound to be picked up by the microphone. Contrastingly, sound diffusion scatters a sound so that none of it gets trapped. There are many different ways to acoustically treat your home recording space and some of these methods involve physically treating your space with different materials. The most common of these is foam panels as the open cell foam prevents sound from bouncing off of hard surfaces and limits sound from other rooms from leaking through. But the great news is that there are many types of materials in your home right now that can be used to diffuse and absorb the sound in your home recording space. If you have a spare duvet, blanket, curtains or even cushions, you can start altering how sound is behaving and get your recordings sounding crisper than you've ever heard them before. And say you wanted more reflections in your space because perhaps you're looking for a nice bright live sound on an acoustic instrument, for example, you already have lots of these materials in your home too. 
For example, some of your rooms at home might have wooden floors or tiled walls. You might have some large mirrors or picture frames too. Reflection is definitely more of a difficult balance, but you do have options at your fingertips there. My three-step guide does walk through choosing materials to treat your space, so make sure you've grabbed yours from femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel if you want to learn more. And if you're wanting to level up your acoustics from just using whatever you have to hand at home, I definitely recommend looking at foam panels for absorption. There's lots of different types on the market and something is always better than nothing, but I've linked to the ones I have in my recording space with the show notes. Additionally, further isolating your mic from reflections with a reflection filter will give you even more clarity and crispness in your recordings and is a quick step to a more professional sound. Again, there's lots out there on the market, but I recommend the range from SE Electronics and once again, you'll find a link to this in the show notes. So the big takeaway here, dear listener, is that you really do not need to have all the right gear to make professional sounding music from home. It's much more important to think about your recording space's acoustics and if you want to and you can, invest some money in grey matter in this before spending any big bucks on fancy gear. You'll reap the rewards tenfold in the recordings that you make. And whether you do jump off this episode and immediately treat your acoustics this minute or not, please don't forget about all the artists out there smashing it with music produced on just a free door in their bedroom. You don't need permission from anyone to get started and anyone who might judge you for learning and working with what you've got right now, today, can go and do one. Take a leaf out of Grimes' book and allow your home recording space to be a totally free universe of exploration. Now, in the next week's episode, I'm actually joined by an artist I've been a fan of for a while now and I'm thrilled to welcome to the podcast. Gazelle Twin, otherwise known as Elizabeth Bernholtz, is, in my opinion, producing some of the most rich and interesting music right now, which often plays with both cultural and individual identities. Inside our conversation, we take a deep dive into Elizabeth's music and how her practice has evolved over the years, and I just know you're going to love tuning in. But till then, take care, and I'll catch you here soon. Girls Twiddling Knobs is hosted and produced by me, Isabel Anderson, with production support from Jade Bailey. The show notes are compiled by Francesca O'Connor, and this is a female DIY musician production. So, how do you like that episode, dear listener? If you loved it, And you know someone else who would love it too. Be a good friend and share it with them. Go on, spread the girls' twiddling knobs love.